just about. I'd just like to go back to that <clears throat> and then read a few verses in chapter 12 because we're getting to the very end of the Lord's earthly ministry. And just if you're a statistician, the next nine chapters, so nine twenty-firsts of the book, are devoted to just the seven or eight days of, uh, that we're starting now in chapter 12. All right? That's, so we got nine twenty-firsts. What's that? It's Yes, which is... <laughs> three, three, let's, let's run with three sevens. We'll stop at three sevens. So three sevens of the entire book is devoted to just those eight days. Uh, and just to give the context, remember, we had the synoptists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and there uh, they recorded, they wrote down the oral traditions that had developed among the early believers. And then... About 30 years later, John, an old man, 60 years after the day of Pentecost, had been persuaded to write down not the oral traditions of the standout events that had been remembered and written down in Matthew, Mark and Luke. He'd been persuaded to write down his intimate recollections. So the context was all that we know from Matthew, Mark and Luke added to that was this uh, more detailed and personal filling in of the background from John. Um, And an awful lot then of what he wanted to say about the Lord relates to those last few days. Uh, An awful lot of what he relates about how the Lord interacted with the disciples relates to those last few days, nine chapters out of 21, just those eight or so days. Uh, Let's have a little look. So we had, it was a problem. Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And that was a counter-narrative to the one that the Pharisees and the chief priests were promoting. He's a sinner. He's a fraud. He's a bad man. Um, He is a blasphemer. Whoops. And he raises men from the dead. This was very inconvenient. Uh, So if we go to chapter 11, verse 54, Jesus didn't go around, this is after the raising, oh, we need to go back a little bit. Uh, um, The high high priest, he didn't say this, verse 51 of chapter 11 of his own accord. Uh, We ought to read verse 50. Haven't you worked it all out? You haven't worked it out. This is what's best for you. Let one man die for the people, rather than the whole nation being wiped out. Verse 51, he didn't say this of his own accord. Since he was high priest that year, it was prophecy. It meant that Jesus would die for the nation, and not only for the nation, but to gather into one the scattered children of God. Man was always intended to be children of God. We're always supposed to be his children. And in Christ, the Father is gathering into one everyone that's of the Father, that's open to him, disposed to obeying him. He's gathering into one body of Christ in the work of Jesus. So that's verse 52. Verse 53 So, 
from that day on they took counsel how to kill him so this was an extraordinary meeting of the Sanhedrin they got themselves together and said we've got a problem this Jesus has gone and raised Lazarus problem guys the people think it's great what are we going to do and they came to an open resolve I wonder if we could so we'll move on so perhaps we'll just remind ourselves you remember, you remember Psalm 2 don't you why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah his anointed here we go we have that exactly pointed out to us here from that day verse 53 they took counsel they plotted how to kill Jesus Um, so there were no surprises here this was just the outworking of the God murdering spirit that dwells in the world Uh, and Okay, let's, let's just read down. So Jesus didn't go around openly any longer among the Judeans. He wasn't then about to precipitate uh, a crisis. That was coming. But he backed off. He went away from there to the region by the desert to a town called Ephraim. He stayed there with the disciples. That's near where John had been baptizing, near where it had all started, all the earthly ministry, where Jesus had been baptized, because John was baptizing there. He went back there, and he was quiet, and he, the people there received him, and they believed for a while. That's where he was. He stayed there with the disciples. 55. The time came for the Judeans' Passover. Uh, Lots of people went up to Jerusalem from the countryside before the Passover to purify themselves. So the Passover was a big feast. All the country folk started to flock into Jerusalem. Um, Country folk, not the sophisticated um, Jerusalem dwellers, but the ordinary Judeans from the country. Kwarama, Margaret River, you understand? Um, They went up. And and what were they doing? They were looking for Jesus as they stood there in the temple. So all these folk had come up and they were talking to each other. The Passover's coming. So they, they were all getting together. They were used to having the feast and they were pleased to see each other and the whole place was throbbing with activity. It was a festival. And now, as they stood around the temple, they weren't sitting down. They were in crowd. This Jesus. They were talking about the Lord. Is he coming up? Just as we read had been happening at the Feast of Tabernacles. Shall we read that? Chapter 7. Just the same uh, kind of idea. But now the stakes were heightened. Lazarus had been raised from the dead. So if there was an interest before, it was getting frenetic now because of the these mighty signs and wonders he was doing chapter 7 verse 10 when Jesus' brothers 
had gone up to the funeral, then went he up himself, but not openly, so to speak, in secret. The Judeans were looking for him at the feast. Right? He, it was happening. Where is he? They were saying. And there was considerable dispute about him among the crowds. He's a good man. No, he's not. Others were saying, he's deceiving the people. So this double narrative. Good man. No, 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 no. Deceiving the people. Okay. So, go back to our chapter 11, and we have a very similar situation. They, verse 56, they were looking for Jesus. But the stakes were raised. He'd been healing Lazarus. Uh, there was this open conflict with the Jews they, they knew that they were against him we'll come to that at the end of the in, in a verse or two they were looking for Jesus as they stood there in the temple they were discussing him with one another what do you think they were saying do you suppose he won't come to the festival why verse 57 the chief priests and the Pharisees had given the order that if anyone knew where he was they should tell him, tell them, so that they could arrest him. Look, the Lord went from Jerusalem to Ephraim about six or eight hours, I think, walking. Um, do you think it would have been hard for the chief priests to have discovered where the Lord was? Do you think? I would suggest to you it would have been pretty easy for them to discover. He had been, they weren't, wasn't galloping on a horse, they were walking. Um, it would have been fairly, it, they didn't actually need the information. Look, I would suggest, you might like to think, we could suggest that it was um, a propaganda ploy to intimidate the disciples, perhaps to even intimidate the Lord himself. <coughs> Perhaps to get the people conditioned. He's a bad man. He's guilty. We are your rulers. We are. We sit in the seat of Moses. We are telling you he's a blasphemer. We are telling you he needs to be arrested. He's dangerous. He's a blasphemer. He's a deceiver. Get it, get him conditioned. I don't think they really needed the information. If they wanted the information, they could have found it. But the word was out. The Jewish religious system is going to arrest that man. If you know where he is, tell us. Mm. Uh, uh, and look, just while we're there, let us very, very briefly survey what we did before. Here, it's, it adds to the hostile measures already taken against the Lord. Shall I'll, I'll read them for you. Chapter 5. John's recorded, he's been at pains to record how the opposition to him, their own Messiah, hardened. Chapter 5, verse 16. Uh, this is why the Judeans began to persecute Jesus. He did those things on the Sabbath. Verse 18. For this reason, the Judeans were all the more eager to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath but spoke of God as his own father chapter 7 same, same, same 7.32 the Pharisees heard that the crowd was full of this rumour about him and the chief priests and Pharisees sent servants to arrest him alright They've been on this line, haven't they? 9 and 22. Say again. 
9 and verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Judeans. Why? Because the Judeans, you see, had already decided that if anyone declared that Jesus was the Messiah, they should be put out of the synagogue. Cut off. Not part of us anymore. Uh, 11, 53 and 57 we read. Alright. And so now, in verse 57 of chapter 11, uh, they, well, first, verse 53, they decided... Um, they were taking counsel every time they met, daily, every time they met. From that day forward, when they met, they took counsel. It was their common topic of conversation. When they met, it was, how are we going to murder the Messiah? Meetings of messianic murder. Should we just read that? It's the present continuous. From that day on, they were plotting how to kill him. Day to day. There's no question now, we've got to do it. It's just a question of what's going to be most convenient. What's going to cause the least fuss. What's going to avert a riot. That was a situation. People were frightened. Uh, then we come to, verse, to chapter 12. All right. Chief priests and Pharisees had given that order. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. There's that, that little town about half an hour's walk out of Jerusalem. Jesus came to Bethany six days before the Passover. Alright, they'd all been expecting him, they'd all been wondering and waiting, and there he was. The people were aware that he was a wanted man. Were they going to run him in? And as the opposition to Jesus intensified, what we find is that the love and loyalty of his friends also intensified. So the people at Bethany, instead of saying, hey, oh, you over here, come and arrest him. They made a feast. He's come back! And that was pretty brave, wasn't it? They, okay, they were flying in the face of the will of the authorities who were half, half an hour down the road in Jerusalem. They said, not us, we're going to hail him. And they made him a feast. It was, it was in the house of Simon the leper. It's not mentioned here. It's mentioned in Matthew and Mark that it was in the house of Simon the leper. Do you think he was still a leper? I think perhaps he'd been healed, don't you? Um, Simon the leper. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you for raising Lazarus in our little village. We honor you. Um, we know it wasn't Mary's house and Martha's house and Lazarus's house because they're mentioned as being present. Lazarus was there. Martha was serving. So it couldn't have been their house. There would be no point in saying that. Of course they'd have been there. So, can we read? Chapter 12. Six days before Jesus came to Bethany, Bethany, Lazarus was there. The man he had raised from the dead. So they made a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was among the company at table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very expensive perfume made of unadulterated, of pure nard. Pure nard. Apparently there was nothing more costly than this nard. It's a plant grown in India. They bottled the juice in little ampullae. They excluded the air so it didn't go off. Oxidation and so on and so on. Um, it was very costly. A pound? 
that's a pound of water. It's a German mass, 328.9 gram, approximately. That's the, the mass of a German pound. It's where, oh, you don't use pounds anymore. Oh, you do. Do they have pounds in Canada? Because they're near America. They still use pounds in Canada. L, and the symbol for the pound is LB, which, is, which we get from the Latin Libra. That's one pound, 328.9 gram. Why are you showing us that? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. So this was contained in a bottle and it had to be broken open to get the stuff out. All right? Quite a lot, isn't it? Um, have you washed today, brother? Shall I, can I pour this over your head? So, look, if we poured it over... That, that would be ridiculous. It would be... Why am I saying that? Well, because in the Matthew and Mark account, it says that Mary poured the ointment on Jesus' head. Really? Really? It would have been ridiculous. He'd have been drenched. A pound. Um, But in the John account, John says she poured it on his feet. Uh, She broke. Let's just read. This is not, it's just interesting to think. Then Mary took a pound of ointment, verse 3, very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the smell of the perfume. You can just hear him remembering, can't you? Oh, I remember. The house was filled with the smell of the perfume. It was used for anointing, it was also used for perfuming wine so they put some in the wine if we go to Luke 14 no not Luke, Mark 14 interesting Um, we're always hearing about Mary in relation to Jesus' feet aren't we? she fell at his feet when her brother had been raised from the dead Oh no, but sorry, before he was raised from the dead. Master, if you'd been here, um, he wouldn't have died. And she fell at his feet. And then when Jesus was in Bethany a year or two earlier, Martha, and they, they, were, they were having a meal. Martha, you're careful and... Remember Martha, she said, Lord, make Mary help me. She, I'm doing all the work. And she said, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. But Mary has chosen that better part that shall not be taken away from her. And Mary sat where? At Jesus' feet. And what was her activity? And heard his word. Um, So every time we hear about Mary, she's resorting to Jesus' feet. Mary sat at Jesus' feet 18 months ago and heard his word. Later on, she fell at his feet. Master, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And now, (laughs) the brother raised up, she seeks out his feet again. Um, So, these little alabaster boxes could only be opened by breaking them, these, these bottles. So if we go to Mark 11, I just... Just in case somebody's concerned. Oh, well it says in Matthew and Mark it, she poured it on his head. But in John it said it poured it on his feet. Well, hello. You wouldn't really pour all that over somebody's head. That would be fairly ridiculous. Uh, so why the head first? Well, let's just see if we can find this. 
while verse 3 of chapter 14 of Mark Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper while he was at table a woman came up with an alabaster pot uh, by the way, there are some things that are a bit anonymous in the synoptics. It was a bit close to... They were still living. Um, they, they didn't mention... The synoptists didn't mention who it was that locked the, the priest's servant's ear off. That was a criminal act. Uh, for John, mentioned... He, he named him. It was further down the track. 30 years ago, Peter was already dead. We can name him now. We won't be getting him in trouble with the authorities, saying, well, the criminal act, lopping off this bloke's ear, that was Peter. Next morning there'd have been the march, you know, possibly a knock on the door, right, Peter, we're going to arrest you. That was no longer a problem. Peter had gone to God. So John could say, Peter, he could say, Mary. Here, we've got a little bit of concealment of identity. While he's at the table, a woman came up with an alabaster pot containing extremely valuable ointment made of pure spike and iron. She broke the pot and poured the ointment on Jesus' head. Okay, so that was a, a definite act to break the pot. Do you know how they had a meal? They'd have had a table, and you've heard all this, haven't you? That they'd recline at table, and they'd have that in the Roman fashion. They'd have their heads at the table end, and their feet sticking out like spokes from a wheel. So it sounds as if, if they all could see that she broke the pot, that she must have been up near the table, crack, head first, and then the rest on her feet. And there was so much, so much poured on the feet, I won't pour it here, but there was so much poured on the feet that she had to mop it up, for which she used her hair, we read. Um... It was, a, it was a shame for a Jewish woman to have her hair loose. Look, what was it worth? A year's labourer's wages. What's that? 50,000 bucks in our money? A year's wages for a workman? $50,000? Where did she get the money? We don't know. How could she part with it? No price too great. That they could see that there was a crisis coming. They could see that um, there was this showdown coming, that, he, that the word had gone out that he had to be uh, arrested. And uh, she poured out her love to him. She adored him. Poured out her love, worshipped him with what she had. No price too great for her purse. Loosened her hair. A great shame, apparently. Um, no uh, service too mean for her person. She mopped up the excess with her hair. And there's John remembering, the whole house was filled with perfume. Um, So as the intensity to murder Jesus gathered pace, so the loyalty and the love of his friends increased. It seems, doesn't it? Um, And at this, we're back in chapter 12, Judas Iscariot, one of, one of the disciples, the one who was going to betray him, spoke up. Why wasn't this ointment sold? It would have fetched a year's wages. You could have given it to the poor. Dear Judas, he was long identified by the Lord as being um, the one who was going to betray him. The Lord allowed him to, to continue. Uh, 
Verse 6, he didn't say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to help himself to what was in it. Now, so they had a common purse and it was filled up by donations. Chapter 8 of Luke. Should we just read that? It might be useful. So he looked after this purse and he helped himself to what was in it. Where did the money come from? Have a little look. It was from donors. And the ones listed in Luke were women. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Mary, who was called Magdalene, uh, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, this is Luke 8, chapter, uh, verse 3, and many others. They looked after the needs of Jesus and his companions out of their own pockets. There's a public purse, and here was Judas. $50,000? What? He was cross. Um, his heart wasn't in the right place. Uh, Mary's was uh, I give it all to you Lord there's nothing too great for you um, nothing I can give you that's too much and no service I can render that's too mean um, I worship you Amen. so back in our chapter verse 12 sorry chapter 12 verse 7 Jesus replied let her alone replied Jesus she's been keeping it for the day of my burial you always have the poor with you but you won't always have me and burial? hang on does Jesus, yeah, Judas the steps that you're going to take are going to result in my death She's worshipping me. She's anointing me as if it was my burial now. They'd, they'd wrap them up with spices, wouldn't they? Um, that's how they buried them. That's what she's doing. Uh, Judas, the course that you're taking, the actions that you're contemplating, they're going to result in my death and burial. He knew all about it. Oh, Judas. Verse 9. When the crowd of Judeans discovered that Jesus was there, here are the country folk in Judah, they'd come up from the country, and when they discovered that Jesus was half an hour's walk out of the, out of the city in Bethany, they'd turn up. They want to see him. They really want to see him. They'd heard all about it. A prophet among us? Is he the Messiah? Raising the dead? God is among us. Something's happening. God's on the move. Uh, so when the great crowd of Judeans discovered that Jesus was there they came to Bethany not just because of Jesus but to see Lazarus the one he'd raised from the dead a commotion he can't raise some of the dead yeah he did, his book's name is Lazarus go and see and they say, oh, I'm going to go and see you understand it was, uh, they were excited the, um, something was on the move and so the chief priests and so, verse 10 the chief priests amazing you've heard the saying uh, if at first you don't succeed bury the evidence well, 
um, Lazarus an inconvenient truth, if ever there was one. So they, so the chief priests planned to kill Lazarus as well. You've got to stop this. And so we see their whole motivation wasn't Godward. The Lord had already identified that to them. They knew he was talking about them. See, here is a son, let us kill him, and then the inheritance will be ours. They, their hearts weren't open to God. They may have been sitting in the seat of Moses, but they, they weren't the lovers of God. They weren't children of God. We knew this because they didn't receive God. They didn't receive the word of God. Uh, and... So rather than be open to truth, well, let's kill the evidence. Let's kill Lazarus too. We'll get, we'll kill Jesus. We'll kill Lazarus, and it'll all go away. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> we'll kill Lazarus, and then it'll all go away. Uh, because many of the Judeans were leaving their side on account of him, and were believing in Jesus. Quite astonishing. Uh, so for you and me, um, we're not to be like that. Does this, do, does the dem- do the demands of Jesus fit in with my agenda? We've got to repent of that. Um, who's at the centre of that line of that line of heart reasoning? Um, me, correct. My agenda. Does what Jesus is asking of me? Does that fit in with what I want? With my agenda? That's not called worship. That's called self-worship. We need to convert and make sure we remain converted. Lord, uh, whatever it costs me, I'll do as you say. Whatever it means to me, I'll do as you say. What matters is you. I worship you. I'm made for you. Not you're made to run around after me and suit my purposes and make things happen the way I want to see them happen. Oh no. Um, that's not Christianity. That's not being a worshipper of God. We, uh, we need to be converted and stay converted. Father, I worship you. Your will. I wor- it was a hymn we used to sing. I worship the sweet will of God. And all your ways adore. And every day I live, I long to... How does it go, Danny? And every day I live, I love to see you more and more. I can't remember. It's obviously too long ago that we're talking. But it's his will that we're to worship, not ours. His way. We're to let our ways be converted to his ways. Uh, not the other way around. Bending him to our purposes. It won't work. That's what they were doing. And it'll end up with us murdering God. Um, that's what happened to them. Uh, so... In chapter 12, there are these sort of three instances, three incidents that are related, that mark a transition from the earthly ministry of Jesus to those last hours and days of his suffering and death. The death and the resurrection. Uh, We've we've looked at the first one, um, Mary's adoration of the Lord. Um, And then there's a triumphal entry you know, the, the Lord coming in on the ass's coat. Hosanna. And then there's the conversation in the temple. And then we're into the next phase. The, uh, the Last Supper. And the events surrounding his arrest. Uh, 
And it's extraordinary to be able to listen with the disciples to the words of the Lord and to see what he was doing and how he was preparing them for his departure, building their faith so that they should stand when they were exposed. Anyway, uh, that's for another time. Uh, Let's be like Mary. No price too great, no service too mean. Let's just pray for a minute.